On today's podcast, we welcome our first guest, the brilliant Sophia Romero Emberton. Yeah, she, she, she just loves it. And uh, I laugh and I say to the teachers, you know, she's happy at home, you know, nothing's going on. Uh, <laughs> about how she balances life with a husband in the tech industry. But he's in the wonderful world of tech, so so has quite a lot of flexibility, which has been very helpful for me. And also provides us with some really practical and down-to-earth tips about childcare. People have views and comments on everything, as I'm sure you know. It happens in pregnancy, it happens even when you're getting married, you know. Oh, yes. And normally other women. Yep, other women. <laughs> and the sigh of, oh, is your daughter messy? Sophia is a long-standing friend of mine and certainly helped guide me through the return to work process. I have no doubt she will do the same for you. Thank you so much to Sophia for her time and for being our guinea pig podcast guest. We really enjoyed talking to you and we hope that our listeners enjoy it just as much. Thank you very much, Elsie. And gosh, I hope I did it justice after that introduction. <laughs> um, so... I uh, had my first child uh, in May 2020, a uh, daughter called Clara. I'm sure we'll get on to the timing of that and what some of the experience was like, given everything else that was going on uh, in our lives and in the world at that point in time. Um, I'm a working uh, mother and uh, I work in investment banking. So I've been with the same firm for, for 10 years, um, but actually about nine months after coming back from maternity leave, I changed roles internally to quite a different uh, part of the business, which again, will be interesting to chat through a little bit later on. I I'm married. Uh, my husband works full time, but he's in the wonderful world of tech. So so has quite a lot of flexibility, which has been very helpful for me. And uh, I think that probably covers it as an intro. The amazing world of tech. <laughs> the flexibility I think that comes with that is, is amazing. We need to bring that, I think, a bit more into the professional service world. So how did you find your mat leave? I mean, May 2020, bang in the middle of lockdown. <laughs> Probably Gosh. not what you're expecting. It was so strange. I mean, up until the day before I went into the hospital, we didn't actually know whether my husband would be able to be at the birth. So... <sighs> I said to him, we've got to assume you won't so that things could only get better. <laughs> um, but look, the flip side was that actually I got to work from home for the first time really in my life for the two months before uh, having Clara. So I think that actually was a bit of a blessing in disguise. Uh, I found working up until the very end a really helpful distraction. Um, and, and, you know, I wasn't dealing with a very long commute across all of London so I think that really helped in in the final weeks so how was mat leave gosh so uh, as I'm sure lots of the listeners probably experienced you know had the baby husband sent home very quickly and then I had to spend three awful days in the hospital on the postnatal ward which was some like something out of the handmaid's tale it was just women I'm actually babies. watching the handmaid's tale at the moment <laughs> so I I mean, I mean it wasn't really, that terrible. I'm experiencing something quite shocking right now <laughs> it wasn't that terrible but it was quite surreal to just look around and just see women babies and midwives and 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 no one was allowed to visit us um yeah that was that was that was tough and strange and then you know afterwards we couldn't have any visitors to our home so that was really sad family friends um but again, and I'm sure we'll come across in the podcast, I'm, I'm very glass half full rather than half empty. So the flip side of it was that 
uh, my husband and and our daughter and I were this team of three and just had to adapt to our, our new actually team. quite beautiful having those you know those months or weeks just the three of you because yeah. sometimes it can be really inundating having constant family and guests and people wanting to meet your gorgeous baby I think so. I mean, uh, it was really interesting. The midwife said they'd seen more babies putting on weight or losing less weight in the first few weeks because mums weren't so exhausted with visits and juggling feeding and everything. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never uh, heard that. Yeah, it's but the, but then again, you know, what's the flip side to that is you couldn't get someone to come in and and help you if you had a problem. Uh, so <laughs> my daughter, despite the hospital telling us, hospital telling us something different. She had a terrible tongue tie, which made some very painful feeding for seven weeks until I could get someone to come in and see me in person. Uh, and I think, how's oh, you, you? That's awful. Came across a similar situation in terms of just the availability of help in person, right? From a healthcare perspective, absolutely, yeah. And and you mentioned the the lead up being, you know, Alzi and I were also on maternity leave during lockdown, and actually really enjoyed it um because <laughs> we didn't have to go into the office no commute as you were saying um no pregnancy wear etc um how was it telling work and h- how was it announcing the pregnancy were they supportive etc yeah I think you know I I was really fortunate uh so I told them after the 12 week scan I was desperate you know every week up until then I I can't keep a secret uh, it's so and... hard you're almost like lying to kind of friends and colleagues you don't mean to lie but you basically are <laughs> it was it was so difficult and I think you know I walked out of the scan and the first thing I did when I walked into the office was tell them so this was September 19 so you know completely unaware of, of what was going to hit us uh later on in 2020 but yeah I'd made some really strong relationships with the people I'd worked with over many years so it felt like telling colleagues but also friends I was excited. Um, Two months after that, I was told that I was moving to a different team. Um, again, okay. Is that because... a pr- like a promotion or? Oh God, I wish uh... a sideways step. <laughs> <laughs> they reorganised a little bit the the way they um, structured the coverage of the different teams. So I was in the same role but covering a different industry. So it actually was interesting, and again, very lucky because I knew the manager. So and actually at that point. I didn't have to deal with, oh, I'm moving to a new team. And when do I tell them I'm pregnant? Or there's this big secret. Like they knew, they knew I was going to start in the team. And then four months after that, I I was going to be off. So I think, you know, COVID hit, we were working from home. And I just thought, I can't really get stuck into anything too, too meaningful because I'm going to be gone soon. But I really wanted to, to add value. So I made myself indispensable in all the different tasks and things that were going on that were critical for the team, but that a lot of people didn't have time to do at that point in time so you so that's quite interesting so your approach was actually to take some of the jobs that others weren't necessarily wanting but in order to kind of show that you were super on it and available and ready to go um even though you were going on mat leave so you almost stepped it up yeah in you know definitely in tasks that were probably less demanding than what some of the other people were dealing with but they were must-have items that were you know that, that, that were critical and it was just seeing that opportunity of everyone else's jam they don't have time to do this it's got to be done why don't why don't I do it um so that also made you know any necessary handover a little bit easier because I hadn't yeah. joined the team got stuck in and then two months later had to you know hand things back to people and so on 
super proactive congrats <laughs> I think it was more a distraction thing but I I mean I don't know if you had this I think our timings were a little bit different but there was just so much going on um in the world and, and we saw different countries you know we had friends in Italy my family's from Spain and then the UK reacting and I don't know whether that sort of put some of the things I was dealing with you know the odd hip pain and so on into perspective or or I don't know what it was, but I, I found work a useful distraction and, 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 uh, and yeah, who knows? I think it's also, I think working during a pandemic, working from home whilst pregnant actually aided a lot of women. It certainly aided me. It meant you could sort of get more stuck, stuck into your job. You weren't exhausted from a commute by the time you got into the office. Um, you, you know, you weren't having to worry necessarily about what you looked like or the clothes that you wore, et cetera, with a huge bump. Um, and as you said, you could work all the way up to the birth, which mm. is actually, it was a super, it's quite an interesting model. I wonder whether firms should be a bit more flexible going forward in terms of offering women in their sort of late pregnancy, I don't know, the last two months or so to exclusively work from home as a norm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think what helped at that time is that everyone, at least in, in my industry, was doing it for the first time and everyone was at mm. home. So I think some of the challenges now in flexible working for different organizations across all industries is, you know, what's that dynamic like when half of the team is on Zoom and half of the team is in the meeting room, whereas we were all in the same situation, which I think helped as well. Yeah, really good point. And what's your team like now in terms of at, at home versus in the office? What's the sort of split on average? So we have flexibility. Um, you know, we work. I think we've got flexibility to do a, a day or so um, from home. Uh, and again, you know, if people want to do a fixed day, they can. If they want to do it uh, as and when it, it fits, uh, we have a bit of flexibility. But I'm, I'm in a role now where I'm, I'm client facing. So in some ways it's tricky. You know, if you've got a meeting that, that works, I would find it very tricky to turn around and say to someone then, sorry, you know, I'm working from home today. But that's just my, my personal preference. You're in a different role now. I am indeed. So I came back from mat leave in January 21. Keep me honest here, Alzi, if I get the dates wrong. I remember <laughs> that's right, yeah. I did. Jan 21. So it was eight months mat leave. Why eight months, not the full year? Um, so I, I had I had a very uh, supportive mat leave from where I work. Uh, I found the idea of starting in January psychologically quite helpful I thought everyone was going to be starting a new year and for me that sort of just just yeah that's um, quite an interesting point yeah matched up and I uh, went back to my my team and then uh December I actually handed in my notice and moved to another team but again same organization um but, but that's interesting. so you have role. to hand a notice it I mean it's a proper process to <laughs> you weren't hand it's it, it did your notice say I'm resigning from this team, but I still want to stay a part of the organization. Or yeah, actually, I say that, and, and that was probably a bit, uh, yeah, you don't need it. <laughs> it felt like that to me emotionally, probably. Yeah. Um, just because I've, I've worked in the same um, department for my whole career, you know, 10 years. Uh, so it did feel like that in a way, but, um, okay. but uh, you know, I'm, I'm still in the same building and, and really lucky to still see my former managers, friends, colleagues, and, and so on in the canteen, in the lifts. and. And, uh, so was that was that a step up 
Was that a promotion, that that new role after a year of returning from, from that leave? So I think from a long-term and a skill perspective, yes. Because I, well, you know, one of my drivers was, there were parts of my skill set that I wanted to develop further, give a go. Um, and and doing something new was giving me a, a, the challenge and the opportunity to to do that. Um, uh, it didn't come with you know a new a new title, but when I when I look at you know the the experience I have and and what I'll be adding to that through moving roles, I think from a skill set definitely. So congratulations then, because you, you you basically made a massive transition within a year of returning. Yeah. <laughs> And so you presumably had had a, a what a one and a half year old. Yep. So was that? How did you juggle that? How did you balance that in terms of kind of it? It, it sounds like it. It was quite a big challenge um, in terms of the role and the step up. Yeah. So I am quite unusual amongst most people I know in the sense that I have no shame in saying, and I genuinely mean it. I I love my job. I love my former job. I really, really enjoy and, and already love, even though it's only been a few months, my new job. Um, I think that's great. I think more women should say that. You, why, doesn't every, why doesn't everyone say that they love their job? You both. I mean, you sort of have to <laughs> say it on a podcast, right? But... Well, I know. I can't really say anything else. <laughs> but um, Not every single day, but most days, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love is working. I love, like, the independence, et cetera, that that brings. Yeah. And and actually, I it's funny. I don't feel guilty about loving working, and I have at some point thought, should I? You know, as in as in. Yeah, I, I definitely had that feeling. But then, but I actually don't feel guilty at all. Um, I, Nor should you? No, exactly. And, but there's and almost I, an expectation that one should and will feel guilty. That's sort of the expected norm. And I think it's good to not feel that. It's fine to feel it. It's fine to not feel it. But it's also good to say out loud that you don't feel that because a lot of people don't have the sort of confidence to say that. Yeah, it's so think... important. That's exactly, we definitely want our listeners to hear that message because that is one of the reasons we set up this network is to to show that there are lots of other women out there who do work, who love working, and who don't feel ashamed about it and shouldn't have any sense of guilt. Yeah, I mean. Before having a child, I probably would have thought that this was such a sad situation. Now I think it's it's the best that as my daughter goes to nursery, she started at eight months when I went back to work. And um so she's very settled in by this point. Uh full time. Full time. <laughs> we'll so she went back full time. If she went into nursery full time and you went in. Yep. How um, how was that? How was that transition? So it's funny, I Oddly, because I plan everything and, and love and I, I find organisation really fun, uh, whether it's professional or, or personal. But I hadn't really uh, overly thought about child care. Uh, and now in hindsight, I have no idea why. But, you know, a lot of people I know and, and I live in an area where the nurseries are in very high demand. You know, they, they do that whilst they're pregnant. I think we had presumed we would have gone down the nanny route just because of the hours we were working, long commutes and so on. Uh, And then we were suddenly both working from home. Uh, And it was 
we didn't have space in our flat for the two of us to work from home and for someone to look after Clara and for us not to hear everything and and, and be on top of each other. Um, I also thought at that point, I, I really wanted her to mix with other children. I mean, I have never been to a mum and baby class because they didn't exist when I was on maternity leave. Everything was shut. So the highlight of my mat leave, and I'm happy to go into this in more detail at some point because it was my saviour, was was walking with friends. I, I was very fortunate that I have many friends nearby that I could walk with. Uh, some of those walks were far less than enjoyable looking back on it. There was one that Alzi and I did in torrential sort of gale force winds. Uh, we had <laughs> waterproofs and caps and so on. And you think at the end of this, we couldn't even go into each other's house to have a cup of tea. I remember sitting in gales trying to breastfeed and everything was wet and dripping. And I mean, it was just miserable, but actually that was the highlight of, of my day. Um, but coming probably back the, to the, the week, the week, <laughs> the month, probably. Um, but coming back to the, the thing that I was saying, you know, the not feeling guilty about working and, and, and the experience that I would have been a little bit surprised about pre-pregnancy that I now love is often I will collect my daughter or my husband will collect her from nursery. She will cry hugging the teachers because she doesn't want to leave. Really? That's so interesting. So I need to hear more about this because I'm just starting on the nursery journey, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll, I'll probably cover in another podcast. But um, we've had a, a suite of uh, problems with nannies. Oh and um, we're, so we're going through the stage of my 19 my month old just absolutely screaming hysterically when we drop her off, which is horrible. Oh, but it sounds so like tough. you're far removed from that. So, you know, and this may have been coincidence, but um, because Clara started at eight months, she wasn't so aware, I think. Whereas if Mm. I tried to do that, you know, later on, they know exactly you're dropping them off and leaving them. And that's why I think it's a bit emotional. But um, yeah, she she, she just loves it. And uh, I laugh and I say to the teachers, you know, she's happy at home, you know, nothing's going on. (laughs) Uh, Two minutes later, she leaves and, and, and she's very happy. But I now think, gosh, that is the best sign for me the fact that she doesn't want to leave there and she now wakes up in the morning and says we speak Spanish at home and she says cole 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 which is school 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 um and and that is 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 a huge emotional help for me which sounds like a silly point but actually you know the other thing that I was going to mention is people have views and comments on everything as I'm sure you know it happens in pregnancy it happens even when you're getting married you know oh yes and normally other women yep other women and (laughs) the sigh of oh is your daughter in nursery yes full-time yes oh what hours does she do I'll be honest she (laughs) again we're very lucky that our nursery does this she goes between 7.20 and 7.45 she has breakfast there Luckily, all the children in her class do. So initially, I thought, oh, she should be having breakfast at home. And then I saw other people doing it. And I was like, okay, this is fine. We had exactly the same thing. We were giving her breakfast at home, feeling terrible and taking her in at sort of 8.45 and rushing back. And all the other parents in her class were like, what are you doing? You're paying for her to have breakfast at nursery. Like, Didn't you feel bad? Didn't you feel bad thinking we're at home? She could have breakfast with us. So why on earth would we send her? But actually, that just made your morning so much more stressful, given that you had that option already. And that time in the morning isn't real quality time anyway, is it? You, know, you sort of might be doing a book, but rushing and, you know, you're all trying to get ready and it's not quality time. No, 
it's a militant uh, procedure. So, uh, so that's her start, and she goes there until closing, which is six thirty. Um, and you know, often she might be the last one there looking out the window. There's usually a handful of them, usually the same bunch. So the parents will joke when we're there and and so on. But but again, when people say, "Oh gosh, that's such a long day," or "That's so tough for her," I actually don't feel bad and I'm glad that I don't because I think for someone else that could be really tough if there was a sense of judgment or it wasn't something that you were necessarily comfortable with but that's just what what works for us and we're very lucky that we can do that and and I'm I'm pleased that she she enjoys it now I realize that's not everyone's experience but I just wanted to to share that and actually there's sorry I'll see you go it's it's so important to share because um I've written a, a blog about a similar sort of thought process, but actually I was completely riding on your coattails, making that thought process. Um, you sort of talking me through your decision-making and how you came to the conclusion of nanny and all that, of nursery rather than a nanny. Um, I basically just copied everything you did. Just shows how important it is to share and, and um, yeah, share experiences between us. A hundred percent. Yeah. And things have changed so much since... 20 years ago so the comments you might be getting from more senior women in the workplace don't necessarily reflect the reality um I know Alzi you've struggled with that with kind of people commenting on the nursery choice as you said Sophia when actually nurseries are a wonderful place for children now yeah and one thing I had no idea even existed or was a consideration but now I would I think it's people. It's helpful for people to be aware of if they are thinking about nurseries. Is the biggest challenge that we're dealing with, and, and any parent is dealing with, are the surprises that you can't plan for. What comes with nursery? It is every illness and bug under the sun. And my gosh, are children resilient? They put us to shame. You know, we get a little sniffle and a cold and complain about it, and they just power on through. But it's really tr- tricky. You know, your child wakes up with a temperature. What, what do you do um who doesn't go into the work what do you do Sophia what's the answer so again we've been quite lucky and haven't had too many of these uh and the flexibility to work from home really has helped but if I'm being really honest we like every other parent and you could say it's selfish but we'll send them in as 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 much as we can (laughs) Um, you know, unless they really are un- unwell or, or going to put other children at risk and, and so on. But but we're all we're all struggling with the same thing and it's really hard. And I definitely think there's a gap in the market here for last minute reliable uh child care. Yeah, there massively is. I mean, we have this issue a lot as well. And um you know, as I mentioned, we're having a few nanny problems and you know, it all it, when it's going well, it all works swimmingly and it's amazing and you know it's great. But then inevitably, either the child gets ill, the nanny gets ill, uh, nanny resigns in our case, um, oh and and you end up with a, with an issue. And it is a temporary issue until you get it resolved. And in in the nursery case, you know the child gets ill, and obviously they're going to you know they're going to get better and go back to nursery. But yes. You need something to stand in during yeah. that, that time period. And the thing I was going to mention that, that started this off is, does your nursery allow teachers to babysit? Now, I don't think it's something that really people think about. 
uh, even consider. I hadn't, I, 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 it had never really crossed my mind. Um, but most of my friends I speak to now, their nurseries don't. So whether it then still goes on in secret and so on, that, that's probably another story, but trickier to navigate if that's the case. I found out by luck that, 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 that it's okay at mine. You know, uh, you just have to give permission to say so-and-so is going to bring your child home or, uh, and that is a huge help to have someone that knows your child and that you know uh, and that you trust a big weight off your shoulders and can help you in some ways. And sometimes if things align well and you're lucky to pick up some of the slack sometimes for, for those unexpected events. Clearly that's, not if the child's unwell because they're going to I didn't, work. I didn't know that. So, so the, the person, the nursery teacher... I don't know what they're called, the nursery um, person, can take your child home? At mine, yes. So, you know, if if there was a really difficult situation, and I always have the the flexibility from work, this is more if I'm stuck on something and I'm adamant that I've got to get it done, or if I have another uh, commitment, or even if I'm meeting up with friends, you know, we're able to say, you know, so-and-so will take my child home today. and again, so I've never had a babysit look after my daughter that, that hasn't been someone that I know. Again, a huge, huge weight of my shoulders and and just gives you a little bit more of that flexibility if you want to treat yourself to an evening on the odd occasion uh, or something like that. Is that quite unusual, Sophia? Do you know anyone else who has that? My, I don't, my nursery doesn't, I don't think anyway, doesn't allow that. But have you heard other people have that same option? Very few. Very few. I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people do it. And you do build really strong bonds with the, the people looking after your children. Because, again, I probably would have been shocked to hear this beforehand, but they spend more time with your child than, than you do. You know, that, that, that's, uh, that is the, the case, or at least in, in my situation, and I imagine in, in both of yours and for many of our listeners. Uh, so you do get to know them, and I think it's important you do... Um, become close with them and and yeah I don't think it is something that is that readily uh available and for us it's been extremely helpful and and more generally how did you find the transition back to work it sounds like you went in all guns blazing uh for 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 a year (laughs) um before you moved to the, the new role but has it has it continued to be like that you know, have there been particular challenges that you've come across and, and do you have any tips for dealing with those? Yeah. So gosh, definitely not uh, all plain sailing, all guns blazing. <laughs> um, I was excited to get back. It was a, it was a bit odd uh, because I'd never worked from home. I didn't have the tech set up. Uh, and, and I felt, gosh, I've been out for such a long time. My God, do I need to play catch up? And I had the best tip from my manager at the time that said to me, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So if you're working late at night on something, and I think what often happens for mums and dads, depending on who's looking after the child, is that we naturally have a bit of a, a gap, you know, whether that's when you finish your work and you do bedtime or supper time or a mix. And so afterwards you think, gosh, I've got to catch up. I've got to make up for all that, that lost time. And then multiply that with having been out for X amount of months. And I think that's a unnecessary pressure that that we probably put on ourselves um i so i came back and as i said it was a little bit of a stop start because 
my father was diagnosed with cancer in September of my mat leave. Um, Gosh, I'm so sorry. That's that's so hard. Yeah, it was uh, very very fast. He was young and 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 and, and un- unexpected. So that was horrific. Um, six months later, you know, three months into being back from mat leave, he was gone. So, you know, I, I had some time off Gosh, again. That's, that's incredibly difficult. So tough. I was so fortunate that I had all the support from from my managers to take all the time that I needed. Um, but again, you know, when I came back from from that, it was it was starting uh, again. So it was it was a little bit interrupted. Um, but but I was excited to be back. You know, I think you're back for a week and no one remembers you've been out. So again, this this <laughs> did you so say true. That? And also, I don't think anyone's going to say, oh, thanks so much for not taking that extra week or month or, you know, it's completely personal whenever. It's so true. No one knows how long you've been. They just know that you've been away for a long time. Exactly. And I think, you know, when friends and colleagues and so on are pregnant and they're thinking, gosh, I don't know how much to take for my mat leave and so on. You don't need to, you know, and and, and your employer can't ask you and you have no idea. Um what your experience is going to be like and uh what's what's going to be on the other side of that once once um you know you, you've had your your baby and and so I don't think you should put yourself under pressure to to be too decisive about that um how did you decide on the eight months and you mentioned January was that your main you know coming back in January felt like a, a good time was that your main decision maker so I think you know like with everyone obviously economic the, the, the economic component is yeah. is key um and i i was very fortunate there from from my employee perspective um i it was it was an odd situation but again my husband um was off for 3 months so so i had company i had a huge amount of help we we did it all between the three of us um oh, wonderful of us. did he have it whilst you had your 8 months or did he have it after your 8 months uh it was it was whilst it was at the start um okay. and again we were very lucky we escaped london we escaped the uk uh when it was possible to travel so we managed to to see family here and then and then travel to spain and, and had some some real time out so you know it was a bit of a combination of of everything really and then that that january date was something that came to mind um tips for making the work return easier you said there's something I have to mention which I'm not going to go on about because it (laughs) you can sound smug and it is just the biggest godsend we've had so it's pure luck I can't take the credit for it but um we sleep trained our daughter at four months we did it ourselves I I think I got a little bit excited about the Ferber method spreadsheet and the minutes and followed it (laughs) militantly (laughs) excessively and uh and it worked like you're the kind of organized person that would do that <laughs> just from knowing you for at least half an hour but I can't take the credit we were lucky it worked day two I was then quite obsessive and had to train my parents at the time uh other family members babysitters nursery teachers anyone that would be near my daughter when sleeping and and just say please <laughs> trust us on this you know uh, and then everyone says, "There's no way that that, that that she'll get herself back to sleep." And 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 thank God we did because I. So I find it a bit hard to talk about returning to work and challenges and so on because I I 
have not struggled with a sleepless night since I've come back. So that, if anything, was probably the biggest help that, that I could have ever dreamt for. Um, so I think that's probably... To go and shout it out easy. loud, what was that method? That method of uh, sleep training? <laughs> I don't get commission for this. Uh, the Ferber, the Ferber method. I haven't even heard of it. Oh, brilliant. So the, yeah, the famous um, strict sleep training method, isn't it? Yeah, okay. sort of in between, you know, the drastic cry it out uh and and then some of the softer methods but it's really it's really structured uh and i would just say if you and your partner or whoever's helping you with the childcare can get on board and do it together try and stick with it you know the research online was that that it, it does work naps are a lot harder um but and we did it at four months on the dot uh and <laughs> went against some of the advice here and moved her into a room at the same time they always say do it in a familiar setting and so on. We've just gone back from Spain, <laughs> sent her to her own room and did it in one go. And it's the best thing that, that we've ever done. But again, we can't take the credit for it. It was, it was pure luck that that, that You can't take the credits. Take the credits. <laughs> I think committing to it was was that we can take some of the credit for and yeah. sticking with it. I can't imagine having to go back to work before you've got sleep sort of vaguely under control I don't know how no. like American a lot of American women who go back after you know a few months I don't know how they do it when the sleep oh still. my gosh it's impossible and I even still after that. you know with far older kids I think it's very rare that I talk to a, a, a working parent that that does sleep well you know irrespective of the age so I think that's probably the biggest challenge and that's not just the women you know the men are hearing yeah. it I mean unless they're able to sleep through it but um I would say for any anyone listening who's thinking about when to go back, definitely don't go back until your child is sleeping through the night consistently. Um, and you'd, you'd be better off taking a few more months to make sure that's happening than to rush back and be sleep deprived because your work quality will be so poor and you won't be setting a good impression. Yeah, I think that's true. Sophia, did you keep in touch with work during your mat leave or would you, did you sort of you know, turn off the... I was going to say BlackBerry, that's very out of date of me, uh, turn off the computer and sort of put it away for eight months? Or were you in contact with people while you were away? But I miss my BlackBerry. I way preferred writing emails on that than on the phone. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, was I in touch? So I was very clear to myself that, you know, there was no point in trying to keep in touch with emails because I think actually by the time you leave, you, you don't even receive them. I think you get taken off most mailing lists and so on. So I forgot, you know, all passwords, everything wasn't wasn't checking in. Um, but I did speak to work on and off, probably other than colleagues that, that were friends that I would, you know, chat to on a personal level uh, a bit more frequently and probably earlier on. It was probably at the five month mark. Uh, and, and I was keen to hear how things were going. There were various changes going on. It was uh it had to be initiated by me and because I wanted to, and it, it sort of took the structure and, and format and duration and time of day of, of, of whenever it suited me. Um, I found it helpful. I found it useful to, to, and I think it, it was useful in terms of preparing for getting back into work. I think I would have found it extremely hard to just turn up, uh, especially because everything that had been going on whilst, whilst we'd been out uh, and just say you know hi I'm I'm back yeah I think that must be quite challenging 
And Sophia, are there any different challenges that you face now? Um, so you say now versus when I initially went back? Yeah, so, you, so I assume your daughter's she must be about two. She is. She turned two a few weeks ago. Ah, oh, congratulations, mum to a two-year-old. Yeah, um, yeah has, it, has anything changed? That, are there new challenges that have that have arisen um, as she's got older, or or has it has it kind of remained the challenges? I mean, you've already talked about a number, but have they just stayed or, or got worse or intensified? So she's two going on 12, uh, I think. That... <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to some friends about it this weekend. Um, it is mind-blowing how opinionated and how they can have such a strong personality when they're so little. Incredible. I mean, I really wouldn't know what to order on a menu, but don't worry, my daughter will 100% know what she wants. (laughs) Exactly. So, and that is the most wonderful, but also the most challenging of things. So it's, it's, it's navigating that and the surprises that come up with it. She's a really tricky eater. And actually, I think I probably learned something in the last few weeks, which is sometimes if the best option doesn't work, then the next one can be just as good. So she won't touch a vegetable. I did all the weaning, not giving her fruit first, so she didn't get used to sweet stuff and just everything that Google suggested. My mum now laughs at me about it. <laughs> and, and there's no way, you know, and she won't even try it. And so I tried to give her vegetable puree in the evenings. In Spain, children have this till they're about 11. Uh, no way. And we've been through so many tantrums and, uh, you know, things flying across the room and so on. And I just I mean, thought, do you want some carrots before you go to bed? <laughs> I know well well the, the, the two things that really have helped is one you know 10 minutes of Pippa Pig if that's what makes her happy yeah. and we get some vegetables in her then you know we have hey Dougie and oh, yeah. it's probably the worst parenting in the world but it 100% makes her eat yeah so she actually, knows that it will go off if she doesn't eat so I think you know making your life easier with little wins like that okay you know we don't want her to only be able to eat in front of the television but you don't know any adults that still cannot eat in front of the television. You know, we, we grow out of those sorts of things. Yeah, uh, pick your battles. And, and uh, I think we mentioned nursery bugs. That's that's always going to be a challenge. Um, the other thing that, that, that helps as she's developing and trying new skills, you know, whether that's potty training or things like that, um, the power of sticker charts. I had no idea that a two-year-old understood and this was thanks to nursery, uh, you know, oh, if you if you do that, you'll get a sticker. Oh, that's a good tip. <laughs> so, you you know, we, we could end up having stickers for everything, you know, come here. No, okay, do you want a sticker? But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, little wins like that have, have helped. Um, and you could say new job, new challenges, a ton to learn, unfamiliar territory, new people. Actually, the excitement of of being in this new role uh, is, has made me stand, you know, two feet taller. I'm just, I'm, I'm, and it's not to say that I wasn't in my prior role, but it's, it's just the, the, the change uh, as, as, as I'm extremely motivated, excited and love doing that as, as well as I can and as committed to, to sort of hundred percent as I can. And then getting the benefits of the flip side with, with really special time with my daughter. And I think it's a really great example of, you know, you came back from maternity leave. You only did 
you know back in your role for a few months and then you you know had your sight set on the next thing um i think it's a really great example to people that it can be done you know you might have a young child at home you might have all these challenges but that doesn't mean that you can't push on and and aim and shoot for the next thing which i think mm. is a really great example and it wasn't it wasn't planned you know i thought i was coming back into to my role that i would stay in it was really six to eight months after that that it's a bit cliche. I like everyone else across all industries after the last two years just started to think about skill set, experience, what you're looking for. Um, and and I thought rather than thinking I've just come back from maternity leave, why throw a spanner in the works? Why go out of my comfort zone? I, I weirdly had the opposite. I thought I'm 32. I've had my first child. I'm back in work. We're surviving. Uh and I thought, if I don't go after this now, and, and I became aware of an opportunity, I thought, if I don't try this now, I'll always regret it. And I think it will only become harder the older, the more senior I get and, and so on to try and make a, a jump like that. So it almost had the flip flip side uh, impact on me. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Any, any career uh, ambitions ahead in the next few years? Oh, gosh, I think. I said I was a planner, but actually, I think uh, at the moment, you just have to take everything in your personal professional life day by day. Uh, and so, you know, I, I as long as I'm learning, growing, motivated and, and rewarded, I, I don't think there's much more I could could ask for. One thing I would say that I've realized probably a little late uh, and, and, and would have preferred to know this a bit in advance about myself, but. It's not really a surprise now that I think about it, but I love to fill my time with activities. Activities sounds actually a bit more adventurous. Plans, you know, seeing friends. And I remember on, on mat leave uh, thinking, I've, I've, got, I've got to see friends. I've got to do yet another walk and so on. Um, and I actually think now less is more. So it got to the point on mat leave where I thought, actually, I'm only going to make one plan a day, which I know is, is a lot. And some days I, I wouldn't. But it was really just a walk with someone to, to get out of the house, to stretch my legs and, and so on. But now, and I'm sure Alzi's probably felt this, I, I do have a, a tendency to, to over plan. And actually then when I get to the end of a busy week, I think I really don't want to be doing something Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And although I think I do and I want to see all my friends, um, it's exhausting. I actually love having some time at home and just playing with my daughter and watching her play uh, and doing things that, 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 that seem so simple. And actually that's sometimes the highlight of my weekend. And I actually think my weekends feel twice as long, the less I do. I think it's, I think that's true. I think it's actually, it's a really good and interesting point because um, when you're working full time and you've got a toddler and you've got a husband sometimes there isn't space for everything and you've got to have sufficient time for your family for yourself for your relationship and for your child and whilst obviously friends are critically important you know you do you do sometimes need to prioritize because it is you know time is short you don't you can't necessarily always do everything and it is so wonderful to have that special time at the weekends just between you and your daughter it is. And I and I think following on from that, one thing that 
women, I mean, that's a generalization. I and a lot of my girlfriends struggle with is we work. Uh, and so when we're not working, we think we should be with our child. Uh, and, and that's probably how we would like to spend our day. I think it is sometimes to the detriment of other things that may be important to us or ways that we enjoy spending our time or valuable from a health perspective. So most of, of my friends say, I, I just don't exercise. When do I exercise? You know, when I'm not working, I want to be with my child. Um, and I think we would probably make plans with, with friends over doing things like that. Um, but I think sometimes stopping and assessing, you know, is there anything that I wish I was doing or, or that I could do before having a child that I can't now? And, and if that's something that's important to me and I can make that work. And of course, it's, it's a huge help if you've got a partner that, that um, is supportive and, and, and can do everything you can do with the child. Then I think, you know, a lot of us could probably do a better job of prioritizing that for ourselves. And rather than thinking, gosh, but that's not time that I'm spending with my child. It's actually that's time that's really important for me. Whether that's love. Just, so exactly, exactly. I think those are really helpful tips, actually. Um, really good for people who are at the start of this to put things into a bit of perspective and um, hopefully give them some useful, practical tips as they go through this sort of journey. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, all I'm, all I'm doing here is, is sharing my personal experience. I'm not giving anyone <laughs> advice. I'm definitely not placed to. I fully appreciate that everyone's situation from all angles is completely different. But I think, you know, what's so exciting about Women Who Work and this podcast you've launched is is just hearing from different people. I think, you know, while we may have close friends at work, often if you're working and you have a child, when you see your girlfriends, the last things you want to talk about are work and children. But they always crop into into the conversation. But <laughs> I don't I, I think we probably could spend more time sharing, you know, professional experiences with each other and would benefit from it which you know Alzi and I have known each other for 11 12 years know each other inside out probably didn't speak that much in detail about our, our return to work and I think we'll probably speak more about it thanks to this network that you're created and meet so many other women in in, in similar situations or completely different ones uh that we'll hopefully get to know and and um you know form a relationship over the longer time with absolutely that's the goal Thank you. We do. We really appreciate your support, Sophia. Yeah, thanks for being first on the podcast. Now, we're ending our podcasts by asking all of our guests to give us their biggest high and their biggest low they've experienced over their sort of childcare, having a child, returning to work journey. So um, could you give us what's been your biggest high and your biggest low over the last couple of years? I will. And I'll exclude the fact of having our child because anyone that talks on here will probably be talking about that. Um, I'll start with the low and then end on a high. So, you know, I mentioned it earlier, I, I losing my father during um, maternity. It was actually post-maternity, coming back from work and him not making it to my daughter's first birthday was clearly the low. And I would just say, I'm glad that he got to meet her and I'm sad that that, that wasn't for longer. Um, hi, I think you can probably tell from from me talking about it. I think, you know, I am really, pre- really proud of, of of making that uh, job move in the midst of everything and and loving it and throwing myself in fully and dealing with all, all the challenges and new opportunities and learning experiences uh, as best as I can and juggling that with everything else is is 
is is is a great position to be in and you know we're all surviving if at the end of the day we're all going to sleep and and waking up the next day then then that's definitely a high fantastic well so many congratulations on the new role it sounds like a brilliant opportunity and so pleased that you've shared with everyone that they can be ambitious and keep moving forward even if they are you know even if home life is more of a juggle than it, it once was um so thank you so much Fia, for joining us it's been brilliant to hear all of your experiences and get some fantastic practical tips um from someone who's clearly doing very well even if they are modest about it um and thanks so much for giving up your monday tuesday evening um to record with us after a hard day's work we really really appreciate it and we've so enjoyed chatting to you thank you both so much thank you so much for listening to our new woman who work podcast Please help us to grow our listenership by subscribing, reviewing and commenting. And please do share with any friends or colleagues who you think may find this useful. Also join us on LinkedIn or sign up to the mailing list on our website www.womanwhowork.uk to ensure that you never miss any of our content. If you'd like to be involved with Women Who Work or have any ideas for us, then please do get in touch on email at hello at womanwhowork.uk. Thanks again.